Hello and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Welcome to our latest show. This time we're looking at a screening programme coming to London this July, Making Ways, which celebrates Hong Kong cinema. But before we get into it, let's get to that important question. <laughs> what are you drinking this episode, James? Um, well, it'd be nice if we were drinking Hong Kong Baijiu or something too expensive for the likes of us to get, but it's, if, they're listen, if they're listening, please send us a few bottles. But in the absence of that, I'm drinking not the old speckled hen, but the old crafty hen, which is its more... Impactful brother, six point five percent. Very well, seasoned. Oh, yes. it's not. I mean, given the hot weather and the humidity, it's probably not the most natural thing to be drinking at room temperature. But six point five percent special offer, no problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? Uh, so I've gone for another one of these uh, Bruges tarp deals. So yes. I've got Strafe Hendrik Bruges quadruple beer. Oof, quadruple. And eleven percent. Um, yes. So nice, that'll that'll nice. keep me. Uh, Keep me going. <laughs> be nicely, nicely hydrated in this goddamn heat. Mm. <laughs> well, well mine's chilled. Here's to it. Cheers. Oh, not bad. Get on to making yes. waves, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is subtitled "Navigators of Hong Kong Cinema." Although yeah. <laughs> it is a fairly long and not unwieldy title, um, <laughs> it seems very exciting to me. It seems like a, fa- a fantastic program. <laughs> it is something say. we know rather well. So yes, yeah, full, full disclosure. Full disclosure. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is something that, that we've we've been involved in as part of Focus Hong Kong. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's fair to say we've we've been working on this for a while. Um, I don't think we ever really got into Focus Hong Kong during this and everything. So, do you want to say a little bit about Focus Hong Kong quickly? Yeah. So, I mean, we we're always a bit embarrassed to plug ourselves. We're not very good at it. Other we're people not very are good. much better. It's just it's so Focus Hong Kong started. Um, again, we've been working on that for for quite a while, but it mm. it started in for last year. Um, yeah, it was going to be. A series of, of live events, mm. um, and which was completely curtailed by thanks to uh, <laughs> Mr. COVID. Yes, yes. Uh, and we went online at the beginning yeah. of last year, uh, mm-hmm. um, the Chinese New Year, um, and then we did another another event a month after that. So we had an online yeah. screening program. Yeah, and it sort of became part of Chinese Visual Festival, which I think we have mentioned on this program that we've we've been we probably mentioned that we we probably half mourned it, not massively. Mm. But yeah, yeah, it, it kind of we we were doing focus. If not, we had a we had a focus on Hong Kong at Chinese <laughs> Visual Festival before for, we for year for, for years, years we were doing years, stuff years, like years. Stanley Kwan, Rouge, whatnot, Men on Men on Dragon. Yeah, every so we've been doing this for years, and this was us kind of like taking it into because you know we just wanted to do like more genre films, more classic mm. Hong Kong cinema, you know, showcasing it you know from the early stuff to some of some of the newer stuff and everything. So it's. Uh, so it is, yeah, it is, it is ours. <laughs> this is, this is Focus Hong Kong coming, the entire team coming at you live. 
or live or pre-recorded whatever <laughs> it is basically straight us. out your wireless <laughs> just going straight out of bow um yeah and, and you know in this year we, we managed to bring it back to doing more physical events yes, as well nice. so uh you know we had a couple of screens around um again around chinese new year doing? what did we do again with chinese odyssey Chinese Odyssey, and we did the restored version of An Autumn's Tale, which yes, was really, really was right. fantastic when to see on the big the, screen. That's when I had the fucking COVID and they couldn't go. That's <laughs> right, Jesus. Yes, yes, that's right. We did that, and then recently we did Bright with White Hair, um, finally screened Bamboo Theatre, which was originally going to be one of the live events that we yes. were doing, going to do for Chinese New Year. Oh, at years the back. beginning of for the very that absolutely yes you're yeah. right that was that was the one that was exactly cut off by the COVID. Mm. Oh, oh Jesus man! So yeah, it's been going a while. So I guess this is the first. Well, it's not long form because we're doing it over a weekend, but mm. it's the first sort of more substantial program. Yes, uh, I, I guess you could say seven films. Yes, and and those of you who who may be a little more aware of film festivals going on around the world before you recognise the the making waves. Yeah. Um, from its appearance at Udenay, mm. it's going to be travelling to various other festivals around the Lots the, around the, the world. The world. Yeah. I think some have already happened. So there's recent was Bali, Bangkok mm, stuff. I so believe it's it's playing in. It's going to America, but I'm not sure which festival has it. I'm not sure that's New Occasion Film Festival or mm. Sophia's um, right. Yeah, Asia we Cinema, because they're, they're only allowed to support. Yes, one of them in North true. America. So, Ooh, that's in, yes, in so I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's who's actually getting <laughs> it. Um, but yes, so it's a program. We 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 worked on it. Mm. We worked on part of the program. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of a mixture of the the touring program, and uh, a few titles which we re- really wanted to get in there ourselves. It's mm. kind of a, a mixture of uh, the curating. Yeah, in that respect, like. And I think we should we just kind of step in with some of the stuff that's 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 screening. Why not? Why not? Why yeah. Not? So I mean, one of the big things for us, mm. and it's something that we've been actually been trying to work on for <laughs> years, years and years. <laughs> I mean, we were talking for about sure. this the same year we got uh, we actually ended up getting Stanley Quiet, yes, but actually well, getting the restored version of Comrades, almost a love story. Yes. Um, yes. You know, uh, from from uh, director Peter Chan, mm. um, which is not screened here I mean I don't even think the, the original no. was massively screened no no it, it's uh, absolutely and you know it's still an incredibly popular film mm. both because it's fantastic and also because partly because of that it's just it was it's been it so came hard at the right time didn't it because it was just before yeah. the handover you've got that's right it's 96 yeah right? you've got Maggie Chiang mm. Leon Lai all the uh, great kind of sporting cast like Eric Chang and Kirsty Young and yes yeah and Chris Doyle as well. <laughs> That's right. He's actually in it. Yes, yes.
it's one of yeah. several films I think from Peter Chandler that are, that are really beloved like he's a man she's a woman and, yeah. yeah you know no, and, he's, he's one, definitely one of the sort of most you know both sort of commercially commercially and artistically directors you know from Hong Kong sort of going forwards and stuff and this was still it, it's weird that this was so when I think of Peter Chan I kind of think of him having been around for for so long I mean 1996 is ages ago it's just because I'm not I'm not young but it was still relatively early in his in his mm. career which I always forget about even when we were looking at it again because his first his debut was only what 91 or something mm. wasn't it like that yeah. Eric and Eric and Alan yes yeah. so this was only five years after that which I I think of him as one of these guys who'd been I mean he'd been producing acting and stuff doing everything since like the early 80s but this as a director was still fairly I mean he's another one of these guys who, who grew up in the industry so I remember yeah. when I interviewed him um, a couple of times but he his dad worked at Shaw Brothers right. I think okay. and worked okay. on things like One Arm Saucer and stuff like that so, <laughs> I mean he's definitely in the business um, <laughs> and I think the other thing I mean and we've talk, we have talked about that on the programme as well we did our episode on Wusha but um, oh, you know did. he was very <laughs> did, that's right <laughs> Jesus uh, he was very good at getting into the sort of pan-Asian mm. kind of horror scene when it was starting yes, and, and working yes. with working with the Korean directors like Park Chan-wook and Kim Ji-woon yes. as part of those uh, yeah. uh, free, three free extremes, extremes, three. extremes <laughs> 2, which is actually free. Um, oh, Christ. Thanks to the bizarre UK titling. Um, but yeah, he, he really got into that very, very early on. Um, and I think, you know, what... Oh, one of the other highlights from his career, I would say, is the his film for the for the first free going 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 home going, going home, home. Yeah, which is which fantastic. is him and his old mate Eric Chang is in there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's really um, good because he, he produced yeah. the Eye, didn't he as well? That? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, a lot of those films around that time, sort of. Uh, yeah, he's done a mad range of mad range of genres, mm. I guess, and moved into sport film recently. With uh, which, Leap yeah. and Lee Now, which I haven't seen because they've not screamed over here and stuff, but I'd be interested to. I mean, he's one of those guys who probably watch anything he, any, anything he actually yeah. does, even if yeah. it's just out of interest. Like, but so really, I don't think. I mean, I've never seen because I, I, at his best, you know, and even on some of the the, the mainland Chinese films that he's done, like Dearest, his yeah, best, he's got lots of. Film. His stuff works on quite a lot of levels. He yeah, doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't give you something that's just very very simplistic, and I mm. think he's. You go back to things like he's a man, she's a woman, and all that stuff, and they've got several. There are lots of levels. There mm. are, you know, sort of tongue-in-cheek kind of sides to some of yeah. these films, you know, and as well as the, all the issues that he's dealing with. I think mm. it always gives him kind of, kind of is much more sophisticated, I think, than than yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. It, a lot of his peers. Well, especially given the stuff, a lot of the stuff we love coming around those. Different times in his career, like you know, the wackier stuff or everything like that. Was he never really did too much of that, but he's also a director who seems to get great performances from the cast and everything. That's one of the things I always think about in his films that he's worked with so many of the the big name casts, you know, and recently in mainland China as well, and always got really sort of grounded performances from mm. people who are, if not not necessarily playing against their image, but, you know. And you're right, we talked about like Wuxia Dragon and mm. stuff with a. You know, your man Donnie Yen. And, and Jimmy Wang Yu, yeah. Yes, like Jimmy Wang Yu. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's he just seems to work really well with actors to actually get proper performances out. Mm. We know it's Hong Kong cinema. Like a lot of the time, you'll get a star and they'll just be the star. Yeah. You know, they're just there as themselves. Whereas he seems to get folk to act 
you know, kind of, so, and that's something in Comrades, which is probably one of the other reasons why it's such a good film, because mm. yeah, all of it feels very genuine and everything. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure for a lot of people, it's that's why it's still sort of resonant with the themes and everything today. So, you know, the, all the migration and everything in there. So, mm. you know, I'm very, oh, very, very glad. Very appropriate um, time to play that. And the other exciting yeah. bit is that, that, that even though he's not going to be there in person, <laughs> he's going to be. <laughs> As a hollow, so what are we calling it? Hollow presence. Hollow presence, which yeah. just makes it sound creepier. We're going to summon him up with some digital Ouija board. Well, well I, I've seen it in progress, so I think that's not far off what how it actually works. There's a little it's Ouija beyond board, me, beyond Ouija me, board in the corner stuff. But I, I'm going to be very interested to see see how it goes and everything. Um, but yeah, we 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 had wanted to bring him over and everything, and again, just because various practical factors and stuff. So it's interesting to do this way and everything. Yeah, yeah. More interesting yeah. than a, a Zoom uh, in that respect. Yeah, I think everything. we're all over Zooms. Yes. Now, aren't we? We're, we're, I'm, we I'm, are. I, I was never on to Zooms. Yeah. I never liked it. So having a whole little presence mm. and everything at least sounds a bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a hologram, it would just, it would be okay, but a whole little presence. It's creepier. <laughs> so that's I mean so that's one of the classics that, that's, that, yeah, that, that's one of big highlight big achievement getting that and then the other one we've got is July Rhapsody with your favourite favourite word R- Rhapsody would Rhapsody. that be Rhapsody <laughs> <laughs> it's your Achilles heel word oh, oh no I've got a few I found it in another place today as well <laughs> can't spell it great film unspellable mm. for me it's a it's a complete blind spot for me I can't yeah. I can't even say it properly so, so it's a new restored version, uh, version of Anne Hoy's film for 2002 yeah. like, only only just actually available now U- UK yeah. premiere of it yeah it's um, much of it screened anywhere else actually and the, you're, actually you're right might, this might be the wow the, the world premiere and I don't oh. know if July Rhapsody is actually it even really came to the UK. It's one of those it. films that kind of fell through the holes. That's sort of the weird point about sort of the, the, the I know you hate the phrase, noughties, the early noughties. <laughs> a lot of films, <laughs> when there were still yeah. a reasonable amount of Hong Kong films around, but there's a lot around then that kind of just fell through the holes. When you think yeah. Anne Hui, everybody you know, knows who she is and really yeah. appreciates the stuff, but this was definitely one. I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, I haven't, Personally, I haven't seen it. Um, okay. Uh, so I'm, you know, personally, I'm really looking forward to being able to see this restored version. Yeah. Um, you know, but but he, he it does feel there's a lot of stuff around then that just kind of didn't get seen a lot, kind of missed. That's true. Some of them kind of missed sort of getting a proper DVD release. They weren't necessarily released in the UK at all, which you know is not more surprising. Well, but. no, I mean, I guess most over here, I mean, for better or worse, you know, we were so focused on genre. Mm stuff at the time even still you got the old Wong Kar Wai yeah you, you kind of slipping through but even then I remember some genre fans complaining you know that In the Mood for Love wasn't you know another you know revenge saga or a horror film or something like that so I, I I guess there just wasn't the mad audience for for that and then, I mean this one loads of loads of awards and nominations mm. and stuff around Asia and stuff like that and it, it's probably at Venice cause and it's very poignant because is. yeah so you've got Jackie Chan um, and Karina Lamb, yes. and you've got Anita Moy in, in what is her her final role? Final role, her final role before yeah died in two thousand and three. Yeah, of yes, yes. So it's I mean, and it is a very. Now I have seen it, not not for a while, but it is a very like melancholy 
film. I mean, Jackie Chan is like a, a school teacher, and his mm-hmm. marriage with Anita Moy is not not doing very well, and everything like that one of her old former, really former former lovers, an old teacher, comes forward and stuff like that, and then he's tempted into having an affair with Karina Lam. But it's quite me- it's a really sort of melancholy. You know, if you the plot sounds like a melodrama, but it is more. It's not it's not depressing, but it, it's quite a, a sort of autumnal film. Mm. and everything like that I'd say Bingo。我想要的東西一定怎麼做。認真的。但要教,要發你樓堂。你覺得我最後復式是點嗎?可以繼續做。我叫胡彩蘭。今年17歲。我叫胡彩蘭。it's really really well done though yeah right, it's one of those well, home, yeah, one of those yeah, films which really yeah. sort of i don't know the characters grab you and mm. the story kind of revolves around the characters rather than the other way around if you know what i mean so it's a great film and i uh, yeah i'm looking forward to seeing the restored version because my my viewing of it is on an old crappy DVD from DDD House. Thanks. So. <laughs> so I'm looking forward very much to seeing because you know, these films, it can be quite a revelation when you see the restored versions of them mm. and everything, especially when they haven't messed around with the colours too much and everything. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. And it's not that good. We talked about that. Yeah. No, I mean, we're kind of joking. I mean, those are inter- those are cool too. It's interesting yeah. to see, but I think this is more just a straight clean-up restoration and everything, mm. which should be very nice to see, especially seeing it in the cinema. Or everything so so yeah but very happy that that screening as well okay moving on from that there is uh anita the mm. biopic about anita Moy, um which did get released in the in the uk uh yeah very limited yeah very very, lim- very limited, very limited. Really. it was in a very small and i mean in terms of london i i, I remember at least one of the, the venues it was screening at was a very small boutique Boutique. Boutique, as they boutique, call it. Boutique, boutique, but like in one of the... £25 a seat, boutique. <laughs> one of the bigger Leicester Square cinemas as that's well. That's right, it was a Leicester... Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, and, not, yeah, not very easy to actually get to see because all the seats were booked up. so, I mean, it's a great yeah. opportunity to, to, to see this. Yeah. Um, it's good directed, films. Good film as well, actually. Directed by Long Man Leung, who's best known for 
Cold, Cold War? War? Cold War Helios. 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 Which was a terrible, terrible Helios film. was a mess. I mean, I really liked the two Cold War films, but Helios, Helios was boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it was and actually, actually and dull. Actually predictable and... and um, mm. Yeah, and it had Sean... Sean, uh, Sean yeah. Ewan, Sean, didn't it? Yeah. Who actually was quite an interesting character within that. That so that's but, right. But was completely wasted. I think like a, like like it was almost like it was set up like like Cold War to need a sequel. But then everybody saw it and thought, <laughs> I mean, Nah, mate. I'm like amazed you. I'm amazed you even remember that much about it. <laughs> I, can, I just I can, remember I Mike Leader's in there uh, a couple of times. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't, didn't even remember <laughs> that. Um, fair enough. But yeah. I, I just remember it exists and remember the DVD cover. For you know, for that, so it's yeah, an interesting kind of change of you know, change, change of, literally a change of pace, really. Yeah, yeah. for a for a biopic for a, an yeah, it, um, it is that kind of like big budget, glossy mm. biopic with concert footage in there and stuff as well. And he said he was inspired by The Crown to make it and everything, which is actually, I mean, it's a good film, like it is, it is, it's got that where you that kind of Bohemian Rhapsody that kind of feel to it and everything like that it's a it's a nice retelling and stuff which is well cast mm. and everything like that you know it's not gonna it's not one of those biopics which sort of sets out to change your view on a person or do anything that is kind of like a celebrating of her yeah. life type biopic yeah, yeah. sort of nice I, I don't think you could really have done anything else for Nathan Wine but, but I don't yeah. but, but for two reasons A there probably isn't anything that you could that you could dig up that would be no 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 you know and B yeah. Nobody would want to watch something like that. No, no, she's still got so much love for her. And yes, it, it, absolutely. You know, that I think anything that would have done that would have been. No, it, it wouldn't be much point in doing that anyway. But I, I think it is, you know, it is definitely pitched more of that kind of mm. like a sort of celebration for mm. her talents type thing, which works well. Yeah. It is, and it is a sort of glossy production. It's very, you know, concerty. And everything in bit concerty, if that's a word, but in that kind of way. So yeah, it's it's a nice film to open with, and it's mm-hmm. nice. It's nice tying that in with opening with that and closing with July July Raspidy. <laughs> Raspidy. <laughs> so I mean, another film that's gonna be uh, give audiences a chance to see again is Hand Rolled Cigarettes as well. Yes, which is you know a great film. Yeah, you know didn't didn't get massive shape the stick in terms of chances to see it and it's definitely one of the it's definitely worth seeing I mean it is if, of that sort of yeah it's a great noir and yeah. it's a thriller it's it's not quite the longest night or anything but it is that kind of gritty we don't really see much of them coming from Hong Kong anymore no no you know it is old school in that respect so anyone who likes that kind of darker thriller with yeah, some sort of yeah. moral moral engagement and mm. everything like that good old Gordon Lamb who Gordon was really Lamb, having a, yeah. a, a time of it uh, yes. last year wasn't he with that yeah. and, and Limbo, Limbo. Uh, yeah and it's not, sort of suddenly it, it, I think we've we've discussed this on the programme before mm. but you know just that kind of he's been a supporting actor for so so <laughs> so long yeah. uh, all, you know and, and even long before he was in Infernal Affairs and stuff yeah, like that but yeah. you know all of a sudden like in the last couple of years, suddenly he has become a leading man in some of the most interesting films coming out of Hong Kong as well. Yeah, and he, he's, he's quite nicely being seen as one of these sort of like great talents, which is finally kind of getting recognition for stuff. You know, yeah. Very, very and, 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 Yeah, and he does seem to be a really nice guy as well from, from what mm. people say. So. <laughs> uh, well deserved, I think. Well deserved, and it's a good film. It's got that sort of neon 
mm. you know, in sort of shady alleyways and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. To, which, you know, we would remember very fondly from the 90s films and everything like that. Yeah. So it's old school. Old school. Mm. And then talking about old school, uh, another film that's, that's screening is the phenomenon, as far as Hong Kong goes, that yeah. is Breakout Brothers. Yes, Breakout Brothers Part 1. Yes, I mean, who knew? <laughs> who knew when Breakout Brothers come, came through that it was actually the start of a trilogy? Absolutely, yeah. It's a smash hit trilogy by, by all accounts and everything. I, I was surprised. Because <laughs> uh, we, we, we'd known there was a sequel um, well, when this was being included in the program, but then recently found out there was a third part as well, so... But um, it, it, we had the whole trilogy. But yes, yeah, this will be the UK premiere. This will be UK premiere for that as well. Um, <laughs> and it's old school prison caper, that mm. kind of wacky Hong stuff, Hong Kong style, and everything. It's um, it's not going to change your life, but it, a lot of sort of wacky laughs and <laughs> people breaking out of prison and hitting each other and doing stuff. So it's 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 a fun film, you know. It's have a couple of drinks, watching it on a Sunday afternoon. That's that's what I'd be advising for and everything, you know. And unfortunately <laughs> enough, we have scheduled it um, on a Sunday afternoon. Exactly. Well, that's that's it's perfect. Nice slot for it, three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Get your Sunday roast, whatever, and you have and everything. <laughs> I'm sure gardens. We're the the lovely garden cinema. I'm sure the bar will be open. Get yourself a couple of a couple of pints and relax and watch it. Man. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's that kind of film, you know, that kind of thing Hong Kong does so well. Mm. That, that sort of whack, wacky mix of like action, some you know suddenly quite serious moments, uh, over the top melodramatic moments, wacky comedy characters who don't quite make sense, uh, story, which kind of goes around on itself a bit, but it's all kind of comes together like quite chaotically funny, and only ninety minutes as well. It doesn't like mess around and stay, overstay its welcome. So so yeah, for people who are into that kind of thing, like Hong Kong film fans, it's another throwback yeah mm. so another thing we've got that has screened I think once in the UK last year yeah uh, somewhere up uh, north up, yeah up north up north <laughs> well being from super up north I guess you can get away with saying that well I'm beyond the wall so I'm not I'm not in the north I'm, I don't know what you Scotland yeah. is I mean not a separate country. I'm not getting into that at the moment. Not <laughs> quite yet a separate country. Never happened. Um, anyway. The first, anyway, yes, the film, The First Girl I Loved, which is yes. uh, directed by Candy Ng and Young Chi Hoi. Yeah. Um, and it's a sort of a sort of light LGBTQ yeah. Yeah. themed film. Yeah, a couple of schoolgirls who, you know, it sort of goes out in flashback, but then remembering their relationship, one of them's getting married. Um, and they're kind of remembering their relationship and everything like that. And it's interesting in that it's not, you know, I've seen a few of these kind of films from Taiwan uh, in that respect, whereas this one is a bit more, it's still sort of quite sort of nice pastel colours, a lot of nostalgia, Leslie yeah. Chin music, everything, which is quite cool. But it's also looks kind of at the sort of societal structure around and everything like that. So it's these two girls kind of figuring out their feelings rather than, 
being a hundred percent this is a queer love story or a hundred percent this is two girls who you know are they gay or are they not type thing mm-hmm. so it's quite a natural quite nice story in that respect and everything so yeah it, it, for this kind of like young directors and this is another new talent ones and everything coming forward so it's um yeah it's a nice film mm. and then the last of our uh would you call it a septet? Is that the word? Septet. <laughs> then we're thrown back to the film septet. <laughs> Just still never seen. But uh, still never seen. No, I know. Didn't really turn up in many places. In the no, end, no. I, don't, I, I think I think mix. it came out at just the sort of the wrong time. The wrong time because it just got caught up in a sort of for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was that as well. Uh, yeah. But yes, is the horror anthology, Tales from the Occult. Tales from the Occult. The first one, there's a couple more now. I'm not mm. coming out with her in production now, so that's right. Because I remember seeing that from the from the Hong Kong film art as well. That's what yeah. Tales from a Cult two was and, listed at that point I'm and like, three what? as well and now three yeah fantastic I just if they're going full troublesome night we're going to get 19 19 films mm. <laughs> that would be very very welcome yeah. but yeah again this is a UK premiere yes and yes. it's a really fab very solid mm. uh, anthology I think the, the quality overall quality you know you always kind of have a <laughs> it's, week a rare, it's a rare thing for a anthologies a rare thing that they all kind of hit a certain <laughs> level um, you know and we've got directors you've got Fruit Chan Legendary Fruit Chan coming yeah. off Coffin Homes and more. Mm. He's been doing quite a bit of horror recently. We've got our old mate Andrew Fung. Yes, yes. Um, and Ricky Hoy, who I think wrote most of the stories as well. Yes, yeah, he was involved in more stuff than just directing his saying, yeah. But, um, and it's, 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 yeah, so we've got an interesting few stories. So one is a sort of up-and-coming pop star <laughs> yes. um, who yeah. uh, starts to have some sort of ghostly experiences. <laughs> um Fruit Chan's one is perhaps unsurprisingly quite a bit of a social commentary mm. on a on a haunted shopping mall. Dark satire, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the last one is again a bit of a haunting of an apartment block, mm-hmm. but and, yeah, by Andrew Fung. It's yeah. I think for me that's my my absolute favourite of the of the the trilogy. It's just it's it's tone perfect in a way that it hits the kind of the silly notes, but also has the kind of classic, <laughs> you know, proper scares in there yeah. as well. But I think you know, uh, and I don't say it's because because Andy's a mate of mine. And he's, uh, <laughs> we almost share a birthday. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Fair yeah, enough. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's his birthday really is the day before though. mine. So, uh, but it's it's definitely it's, it's um all three. I liked all three. I mean, I yeah. I love Hong Kong horror anthologies. I mean, I love my Amicus ones. I love mm. all Hammer ones and stuff. But I really have a huge soft spot for any of these stuff. I mean, you know, Troublesome Night, the July the Thirteenth, all this stuff. Everything that does not exist. Because well, there's, there's one a, a few years back which was based on the oh. Lillian Lee. Tales from the Dark. Well, there was Tales from the Dark one and two. Then there was another one which was supposed to be a relaunch of Hong Kong of Troublesome Night. And then there was another. I mean, they're still making them. There was another one. Hong Kong horror stories. I mean, that was mm. maybe about ten years ago. But Tales from the Dark parts one and two, which Simon Yam made his directing debut in, 
I I would I mean I, I would say with that one it, it felt like that's category three rated though Tales from the Dark it Moon. was and there was a great it, again that one was a good example of one where the stories were uneven in terms of yeah, quality yeah, so I remember yeah. the the Teddy Robin one which where yeah. he stars Drex and stars in being fantastic and proper old school category three yes. but some of the other ones uh, just not really quite having it I just felt yeah, like it, it could have been mm. it could have been they could have cut it back to four stories and had a really solid yeah you know yeah four story anthology point. but it, it ended up being two films of, of three didn't, anthologies yeah, and it, be, didn't, uh, it didn't it didn't it didn't need it, to it, be didn't, two it didn't hit it didn't hit all the, the marks this one I think Actually, it's an overall quality it does, you know that that, um, yeah, like I said before, it said that they're 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 all pretty solid films. Definitely, um, you know, definitely, yeah. the, the, none of them are uh, filler uh, in that respect. They're, they're all definitely stand up tales. So it's no, it's a very good, very representative of that sort of Hong Kong genre for horror, and with Hong Kong horror being so rare now, I mean, mm. it's uh, being able to get that was another one. I think we were very happy to. I mean, the other thing that's quite nice about the the Fruit Chan one as well, being mm. in the malls, it did remind me again of Bio Zombie and, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of the massive need to, <laughs> to really... Oh, man. I mean, screening Bio Zombie would... Yeah. Mm. That would be something we I really hope we could one day do or anything. Mm. Should a remake of it and one of these old shopping malls getting knocked down in Glasgow or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, I mean, Bio Zombie will always be one of my favourite Hong Kong films. No question. Mm. No question. But yeah, the mall has a really has a, has a bit of that kind of going on in there as well. Sort of the the little kind of humor about the, <laughs> as well as all sorts of other kind of social socially conscious aspects. Yeah, it? yeah. But it's just very nicely Hong mm. Hong Kong, if you know, mm. what I mean? sort of very culturally or kind of rooted in a lot of things. Yeah, you know, which is one of the other reasons I think I really like Tales from the Occult because mm. uh, it it does just remind me of those other. I mean, t- Troublesome Night is so. In Hong Kong, all, all of them, even when they're just at their most just pointless and meandering and everything, they're still fantastic films. Man. I love all the troubles in that film. Mm. What do Hong Kong see? Making Waves is taking place mm. between 8th and the 10th of July at the Soho Hotel and the Garden Cinema in mm. London. You can see the full di- listing at focushongkong.uk slash makingwaves. <laughs> so do check it out and, and support your Eastern Kids that's, podcasters. That's only £5 a ticket as well. Like. £5 I mean, a ticket. We do need like, to mention that it's uh, not going to be out of pocket. Half the price of a pint in central London. True. Well, we don't really go into central London much. This will be our first drinking in central London for a long time. Mm. To be honest, we can go back to DMs. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you get your delirium tremens again. <laughs> Probably eighty pounds a pint by now. <laughs> Must be a little. That's it for now. 
don't forget you can find all of our previous episodes on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now and you'll never miss an episode. But for now, <laughs> cheers. Yeah, here's to it. See you in London. <laughs> mm.